welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Indiana by Bronte Falls. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing? Hello, Nicole, and hello, Greg. Hello, everyone. So this is our special 80th episode. Right? 80 episodes and almost two years into this entire adventure. So we're just, um, we're all <laughs> picking songs that we like. So you picked that song, right, Nicole? Why I like did. It? I did. Um, so we featured Bronte Falls, I think it was back in like ex- episode 67. I just like her work. She's very interesting. She's got stories behind all of the songs that she's done. She's based it off of um, like old, old books by one of the authors from like the 1800s. So I just thought she was one of the artists that we featured recently that had an interesting story to tell and wanted to refeature her again. And Greg, you're from Indiana, right? I am. 
I am from Indiana, and you know, it's always I'm always interested in songs that have the word Indiana in them. I remember one of my favorites from back in the '60s was "Indiana Wants Me" or Dean Taylor. You remember that, Carl? Vaguely, I'll tell Indiana you though. Um, me. It's bubble gum. I just have a I, I have a retraction to make. Let, let last episode I made a few statements. It was, it was pointed out to me. I hate to have to admit this, but Paul McCartney was on Oprah. Oh, he was. Paul McCartney did Oprah back in 97. Wow. Did you watch the episode? No. <laughs> what does she know about anything? <laughs> and he's, and he, just, he, just, he just announced that he's going on tour again. The I oh, Got yeah. Back tour. Yep. So I don't know what I think of that. And it's kind of a play on Get Back, which, which captured everybody's attention. I'm mixed. You know, the guy's going to be 80. I don't think he can sing really close to as good as he used to. You know, I think it's more just the whole spectacle of seeing the Beatle Paul McCartney live. The band sounds great. So I don't know what I would do if I was 80. Would I say, listen, man, I should hang it up? Or, um, well, you uh, saw him the last time, the last time he came through New York, right? No, I saw him like 10 years ago when he opened City Field and he was still, kinda, yeah, the last play at Shea, right? That I missed because that I went to, um, I was typical, typical me in a rush New Yorker. It's, it was getting towards the end. I didn't want to be in the rush. So I'm like, it's second encore, Billy Joel was the one. It was Billy Joel's show. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. I leave, right? I'm on the the seven train platform waiting for the subway <laughs> home. And all of a sudden, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Paul McCartney. I go, so I missed it because I was too busy. to didn't want to beat the crowd. Crazy. It was actually a really good show. I was there for that one. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What am I going to do? He's one of the Beatles. So what are we talking about? What, anything happening? Well, there's there's a couple of things that have happened this week in the music world. One, and this actually is there ties a music in, world. I guess yeah. there is, um, <laughs> but it actually ties into what you're talking about with Paul McCartney announcing his tour. Justin Bieber actually started his Justice World tour this week. He did one concert in California and had to cancel the rest of the of not the tour but a couple of the concerts cuz he tested positive for covid. So we should also see what happens with Paul McCartney. I didn't even know Justin Bieber still makes music. Yes, he does. Remember over the summer he got people didn't necessarily enjoy his like latest release because it sounded a little bit different than what he's normally put out. So I, I couldn't even tell you what he normally puts out. So it wouldn't even matter to me. I, I hate to say I, I, I couldn't name one Justin Bieber anything. Oh, I, I mean, I can name a couple. I After his baby, 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 whoa, I didn't really follow him too much. I know, but, he's a good looking young kid. He's got too many tattoos. So he did his tour in California and now it is canceled. And there's people up in arms in Vegas who went there for the weekend who now have to go see Luke Bryan which isn't a bad show, but if you're thinking you were going to see Justin Bieber, Luke Bryan's probably a shock. You know, these shows are very, these country shows are very easily phoned in these days, you know. They're perfectly fine, you know, like. They're not earth shattering. How many earth shattering shows have we, have you seen? Um, I mean, if, so thinking about it too, from like my teenage brain, when I like actually went to concerts and, and enjoyed them, I would say maybe like two or three. Like Alicia Keys was earth shattering and I didn't expect that to be. I actually went as like a like favor to a friend because she got two tickets and her date pulled out and didn't think it was going to be great. And it was amazing. The police were an amazing show back in like 2000. I want to say like seven or eight. I saw them with a company I was working for. 
And other than that, I mean, everything else was kind of like on par for what like you would expect just based off of like the the time. Probably the best one for me was um, I saw Peter Gabriel in Forest Hills on the Shock the Monkey tour. And he he was like... Yeah, we've talked about that It was before. almost spiritual watching tour. him, man. It was man. crazy. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I've seen Springsteen. I've seen, I've seen Queen. I think just because I was there, probably one of the best shows ever was... Um, I was at... Only because I had a car. You know, I, you know I, I was a senior in high school, and I didn't even know who the guy was at the time. But these girls of mine said, Carl, would you drive us to the city to this concert, and I'll give you a ticket? And it was David Bowie at Radio City for the Ziggy Stardust tour. Oh, I wow. Said, I said, okay. So I'm driving. I didn't, even, I didn't even know who Bowie was at the time, you know? That's how I got turned on to Bowie. So, And I hardly remember any of it. But I do remember at one point, the Spiders from Mars, the band, came up from the orchestra pit and he kind of came down from the sky and it was like ground it was like you know and so oh that's cool <laughs> Bowie it's you know when you when you have been going to shows for full on 50 years you know it's like you start to accumulate a lot of shows i was uh, i was mentioning to somebody the other day that i haven't been to a full blown concert in probably two or three years i don't i can't remember the last concert i went to i know that i had a very large time 15 years ago when my wife and i flew to um chicago to um to see paul weller that was an extraordinary show uh but that wasn't a big show that was like one of those theaters you know it was like like small intimate. 300 people yeah. yeah 300 people yeah but uh, yeah, I can't I can't recall the last big show I saw. I take back the fact that there hasn't been a show that's actually wowed me because I, as you were talking, Greg, I was like, the last concert I went to was Chris Stapleton. And that was amazing. That actually probably was one of my favorite shows just because of it's just him standing up there playing, singing his talent. His wife comes out. It's truly the best. But there have been concerts that I remember that have been god awful um, that I actually wish I never went to. And that was something that you were talking well, as you were talking. I was thinking like yeah. Fallout Boy and Wiz Khalifa, probably the concert I was most excited about and the biggest letdown. You know, it's it's interesting talking about all the bands we've seen because uh, between all three of us, we probably have seen virtually everybody. I didn't get a chance to see the Beatles, but I certainly saw you know the original lineup of Led Zeppelin and yeah, I haven't seen a lot of stuff. I, I've never seen Zeppelin. I've never seen the Who with Keith Moon. I, I, I I've have. seen Bowie a bunch of times. I've, I I've never I, I've yeah. never seen uh, the Stones. You've never seen the Stones? Wow! Yeah, I I've seen them less. three times. It's interesting. I I lived uh, in. We were talking about me being born in Louisville, Kentucky, across the river where I was from, Jeffersonville, Indiana. You had to go across back across the river to Louisville in order to go to a place called Louisville Gardens, and I think we've talked about this before. But it was in that sweet spot of venues where when you were just making it and maybe you had a hit record or maybe you were out on tour with a larger band that had a good draw. And this, I think Louisville Gardens held about 8,000 people, which is, that is absolutely the perfect sweet spot for right. sounding like, like a gigantic rock and roll show, but basically it's manageable and you don't have to sell that many tickets in order to sell it out. Plus the acoustics were extraordinary. So 
some bands coming through the Southeast, I saw 10 times. Can I say one of my stupid things right now? Sure. Maybe because I'm a musician, but I think live music sucks. I always like the records better. Why do I want to go hear people do like watered down, badly distorted, out of key versions of their songs when I can hear the record in its, in its pristineness? I don't get it. Maybe I'm weird that way, but I'm not a live guy. I could care less. I could care less. I don't think you're stupid. I think it's more because you're a musician, you, you have that perspective where like, if it's not going to be perfect, why should I go? From the fan perspective, it's about the experience. We used to go to those shows and set up in the you know, in the upper areas of the of the, and we we'd smoke marijuana at those shows. You can't I, see I anything because it, you like. You, I, I never could afford like front row, so I'm always like somewhere in, in in the boondocks. And that was even before they had these these big screens where you could see stuff. That's when oh, you yeah, really could course. see nobody. Literally, well, could see nothing. I would say full on <laughs> half of the shows that I saw through the seventies. Uh, were general admission shows, and they, there wasn't even any seats on the floor. Yeah, I hate that, you too. Know? I'm not standing up. That's yeah, what I hate, too. So, when I do know. get floor seats, that you know, people in front of you standing up, saying, and then I got to stand up. I want to sit. I want to sit and watch. I, I don't... Well, we would go up into the into the rafters and basically party and then stagger down. And why the go? Front, and sit home and smoke stage. weed and listen to the record? Well, because like Nicole's saying, it's like it was a happening, you know? Oh, it wasn't. You had well, to go. And, okay, so here's my like two cents on this, too. I am barely five feet tall, so I always needed to get a seat because even if I'm standing in a crowd, I can't see over anybody. On top of that, anytime anyone would smoke weed, I was terrified as a teenager going to concerts thinking that like my parents would think we were smoking it because we could come back smelling like it. So like the experience. Oh, that's what you tell your parents. It's like it was all these other people. (laughs) I, I never like that was one of the biggest things. Like I was terrified of even being in the presence of those types of substances when I was growing up. So they say it's incense. But I remember remember at the concerts, everyone else getting drunk and just wanting to like sit there and listen to the music and hope that the person was good, like hope that they were just as good as the records that I was listening to. Some of them were, some of them were not. Let's play some more music. Speaking of you, speaking of you. We got some Charlie Dog tonight, don't we? Right, and and, and an appropriate title. That's not the way it's supposed to be. (laughs) So let's play that and then we'll talk. All right, so let's listen to a little bit about actually 9420 Crowdfund, which is the sponsor for this week's podcast, and then we'll listen to Charlie Dog's That's Not the Way It's Supposed to Be. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by 9420 Crowdfund. 9420 Crowdfund, the premier crowdfunding platform for indie music artists. Get the best elements of crowdfunding without all the hassle. To learn more, go to 9420crowdfund.com. Again, that is 9420crowdfund.com. Something is just not right. I can't put my finger on it. Emotion. Circumstance, or maybe my eyes are too big for my head. Riding the 
that's not the way it's supposed to be. Greg probably. Yep. When we first started that project, that, you know, down in Nashville. So basically, I went in and, and within like you know four days, we cut all, we cut all ten songs, you know, and that was that. So then um, I did a scratch vocal on most of them, and then I, I came came back to New York. Then I came back, and then he had gotten this guitar player to do all the guitar stuff, and like it wasn't happening. I go, oh man, what are we gonna do? So he called Pat yep. Buchanan and Pat yep. comes down like two days into this. I think, you know, you know, cause I'm running out of money. I got to get this done. And Pat comes in, he brings like three guitars. He brought his Gretsch and his Strat, you know, his Les Paul. And he does, he just ran through these tracks like in like a day. Oh man. Just, and, I mean, and this, this players. is he just like but, took this song goes, how about some slides? Like something goes, I go, yeah, go for it. And he just went with it, man. And he just yeah, nailed it. Well, Pat's the song. a big beetle head. He, he, he always he, has been. He, he, like, he, he was saved, right there with you and Scott Baggett, he right? He saved the day, man, Pat. Yeah. I, I thought he was great. 
So what else are we doing? I'm continuing my research on how it is we're going to circumvent. You know, it's just it's just problematic. I mean, we're making red herrings out of the platforms. Everybody's bitching about how much money they're not making. And everybody is still drinking the Kool-Aid on these gigantic platforms where you don't have a chance in hell of being discovered even if you even if they decide they're going to put your music up and feature it on occasion you know how you know, do I have we're to talking say about it? tens of thousands of uploads nothing will get better unless you pull the plug as long as right. this this thing is plugged in it's just going to get worse and worse and world i'm telling you it's impossible to scale it, yeah, attention yeah it's done I don't get it. It's it's just, you know what it is? I, I, I joke and make fun, but the industry, the way we know it has changed. It's still changing. No one knows how to, how to really navigate it. It's just, we're all winging it. Who knows? You know, so how to discover stuff and what will and won't break. It's, it's potluck. It's literally potluck. What I think has to occur is, and I don't know how, I mean, I can't get my head around it. I mean, maybe I'll come up with some brilliant idea. And the last five years of my working life will be dedicated to this brilliant idea that will bring that will put a lot of money in in the pockets of a lot of people that make a lot of great music. I haven't come up with the idea yet, but I think what has to occur is we have to figure out a way that if you're going to make music, you can make one hundred thousand U.S. dollars a year. And you can continue to make music for the rest of your life. We've got to figure out what that engagement looks like. We've got to figure out how many people. So why we don't can we socialize that? Why don't we subsidize huh? and socialize the music industry? No more. It's a, it's a socialized business where you have to submit your music to the comp to the state. And the state will, and you'll be the like you know like the way they do in Russia or the BBC. You'll be the the dedicated rock musician. You're the dedicated pop band, and you gotta yeah, and that's how you do it. Well, I mean, if everybody could make the money, you know, it would. It, it, it and you get your like rock star allowance. You know, it, yeah, your your rock star allowance. You know, I was going to mention that. You know, I don't have the answers, but I can tell you that I continue to dig, to find things that I think are interesting and enjoy. And I've recently, and hopefully we can, uh, at least some of these acts, we can feature in future episodes of the podcast. Well, I think we've still got a lot to talk about when it comes to discovery. So I say we continue this conversation next week because there are so many things that I want to say, but we I don't think we even have time for it now when it comes to discovery with my little epiphany I had this weekend. We have a lot to talk about, so maybe let's table this conversation until next show. Nicole, get us out of this, please. All right, everyone, let's get on out of this episode. Make sure that you listen all the way through because we're playing Maybe April's Truth Is. For everything that we talked about and links to it, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. The truth.